week before, Craig was like, if you stand me up at this wedding, I will never talk to you again. I was like, that's rude. Like, we just bought a house together. <laughs> but I can see his fear. The only thing that I dream of is for you to be dreaming of me. And the only thing that I long for is for you to long obsessively. Doesn't everybody want to be adored? Sometimes that's all we're looking for, even though I know there's so much more to love. You're listening to The One, and I'm Robin Wilson. The One is a podcast that showcases everyday people and the love stories that make them unique. Today's episode of The One will teach you how to woo a commitment phobe. It's simple, really. It just takes a lot of patience, months of persistence, and a promise of marriage before your first date. Marissa is the commitment phobe in question, and Craig is the lucky man who got her to say I do. Their love story is one of teamwork, support, inappropriate laughter, and a kiss that not only made Marissa's toes curl, but gave them frostbite. So Marissa, we'll start with you. (laughs) Tell me three things that you love about Craig. Oh, um, I love his ability to help me in whatever crazy idea I come up with. And I come up with crazy ideas all the time. And he doesn't say to me, Ooh, maybe you should think about that. He's like, okay, let's do it. So I, that's probably my biggest one. My number two is his ability to laugh at all of my jokes, uh, which is also very important to me because I come up with really lame jokes and he still gives it a chuckle. And um, just his, like, unwavering support and loyalty for anybody who's in his life. And he just does it without even thinking about it and doesn't really ask for anything in return. He just goes on and... Craig, same question to you. It's interesting because when I, when I was thinking the question when you asked it to her, sim- similar things came into my head. Um, but the thing I love about Maurice is that she has such this, she's just an amazingly caring person. And people that she doesn't even know, she'll just drop everything she can to help them out and, and, and help support them in whatever endeavor they're doing. Um, I love that that she really makes me be a better person in the sense that she really makes me come out of my shell and engage in more people where I'm really a homebody and she kind of really pulls me away from that a little bit more. Um, And the thing I really love about her is that um, she just, she is constantly looking for new things to try and experience and to grow herself. And that gives me an opportunity to try a whole bunch of different things as well. And I just love that, how our life grows that way. (laughs) So how did you two meet? We (laughs) We met at work. Um, it was kind of a weird, uh, courtship mostly because I had a total crush on him, but he was like the cute guy at work. Um, and he, when we first met, you actually were living in Grand Prairie. Yeah, I was still living in Grand Prairie at the time and I was down for work often for meetings in Edmonton and I was on a couple of committees with Marisa or one committee, I guess. And so I kind of met her through that. And then eventually I moved to Edmonton. And I remember being in the admin building of our office where I worked, where we both worked, and I'm waiting for the elevator, and she comes out of her area one day, and she's like, what are you doing here? I wasn't nice at all. I was like, what are you doing here? Um, mostly because he caught me off guard. I was like, whoa, cute guy in the, ele- like, in the hallway. Um, yeah, what are you doing here? And he's like, yeah, I I'm, I'm moved here. I'm like, oh, that's crazy. And then we just started talking with, like, internal messenger. So we were talking, we built up a friendship, and then... I was, like, actually dating a couple different guys. <laughs> um, and I was, like, I had basically told Craig, I'm, like, there's no way I want commitment. There's, like, I don't ever want to, like, settle down, everything. And then he, he, I guess he tried to ask me out on a couple dates. 
which was really kind of funny because I kept saying no because I didn't really understand. Um, I didn't get it. <laughs> and then um, we went to the Fringe, and I ended up, like, meeting up with a whole bunch of friends there. And uh, one of them said, are you on a date? And I was like, no, because I didn't. I really did not want him to think that I, like, had a crush on him. So that was um, my indication that she had no interest in me whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> and he gave me a card the next day at work. And I was like, I really had a great time. Um, if you want to do it again, I, I, I would really love it. If not, that's okay, too. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my gosh, does he actually, like, like me? And then we just kind of kept talking. But I really didn't want to date somebody I worked with. So I, I basically told him that I wouldn't date him unless we were going to get married, which sounds so crazy. <laughs> and so at what point in the – how long did you know each other before you made that statement? Oh, like – Nine months? Like, you have to understand how long I told him I did not want to date people, and he was just kind of kept going and kind of, you know, disarming me, I would say. Persistent. New to the city, you didn't really know anyone in the city. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this, this girl seems crazy enough. I should just, so I should just go after her. And then, yeah, he, he asked me to be his girlfriend. Um, I don't know what was it? Oh, it was November. And I said, uh, we were actually was on like a mess. I was like, so what are we doing here? And he's like, oh, well, do you want to be my girlfriend? Like totally old school. And uh, I ran over to another coworker and I was like, oh God, what do I do? And she's like, you know, it's really kind of messy. And she actually was married to someone who also worked where we worked. And um, she says, you know, it can get really messy if there's breakups. And I'm like, you know what? That's right. I can't do it. So I told him no <laughs> on Messenger. It was really romantic. And then... Like, a week later, I was like, what am I doing? Like, this is, like, the greatest guy I've ever met, and he makes me laugh, and, like, harder than anyone I've ever met. And so I said to him, like, hey, um, again, on Messenger, because we're really romantic that way. <laughs> this is how introverts fall in love. Um, <laughs> online and over Messenger, in emails. And I said... Well, we should be working. Yeah, <laughs> we should be working. <laughs> I said, uh, you know, is the offer on the, is still on the table to be, your, to be your girlfriend? And he said, yeah. He's like, are you still, like kind of hell-bent on this. we got to get married. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, okay, that sounds good to me. I'm like, awesome. <laughs> so that was that was how we started, yeah, started dating for real. And so what was your concern? Was it just that a breakup would be bad and you'd still have to see each other every day? Yeah, because we worked, like, at the time, we kind of worked on projects even together. So I didn't really want to have any kind of – for me, um, my career, I was a total career girl, and I just didn't really want to, you know, have that impact at all, which is – looking back now, totally not the most important thing in my life. Um, but at the time it was. And so I just really didn't want to have any kind of, um, you know, Im improper kind of way of working. It was kind of funny because when we told our superiors, they're all like, okay, like, no one cares. <laughs> um, there's a lot of shock um, because Craig was like the cute guy at work. And I think all the ladies were like, oh, but um, yeah. So it was, I don't know, it was just really important for me that this was going to work out. I just didn't want to have any messy breakups. So mm -hmm. And Craig, you mentioned that you were persistent. It wasn't just sort of a sit back and show her how awesome I was. It was a focused. Well, it was more just like the focusing in on the conversation. So even though she said no, it's like, okay, well, I'm still new to the city. I don't know a lot of people, so I'll still maintain the friendship type of thing. And then through that conversation and then just eventually saying, well, maybe she'll change her mind over time. And, and I did. She did. Yeah. And so was the Fringe your first official date? Or? No. No, it wasn't our official date. Our first... Um, official date was we just went for a walk in the River Valley. And that was when you knew it was a date, Marissa? Well, that was... I, 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 I called it an outing. <laughs> um, because, again, I didn't really want to date somebody I worked with. But we held hands. It was very romantic. We had a very slow relationship. So that's good. It's <laughs> good for a commitment phobe. <laughs> and so when was the first kiss? Oh, date three. I had been mocking him. 
<laughs> Same thing. Probably would never kiss me. And we went to a movie. Oh my god, it was so bad. And it was a bad movie. It was it was in October. Or like late, yeah, early late October. October. And uh, we so we were at the movie, and afterwards we went outside, and we we're just kind of chatting and hanging out because we didn't really want to go home, and we we're just having conversation through our relationship, and and then he yeah. swooped in and kissed me, <laughs> and then we made out in the parking lot, like outside, and then I got um. What's that when your toe freezes? Frostbite on oh, I got toe. frostbite on my toe. <laughs> so you weren't even in the car? No. <laughs> no, we were on a curb. Because we met there. So we actually drove separately uh-huh. to the theater because Marisa doesn't like when she's dating people to be attached to a vehicle with them. Oh, uh, yeah. In case it doesn't go well, she needs her escape route. Yeah, that's, that's, that was kind of a thing. Um, before we had started dating, I told them how I break up with guys, which was to drive separately to a restaurant, and then I would be able to get into my car and drive home. So what I didn't realize was, like, from the first year of our dating, I couldn't figure out why he was always picking me up, why he always paid for dinner. If I was like, yeah, I'll meet you at the restaurant. He was like, no. Like, he was, like, frantic. <laughs> Finally, I was like, what? And then he told me that he remembered that I told him this before we started dating. I'm like, oh, nice. Yeah. I know every time your toe tingles in the winter. I'm always like, oh, my toe, I can't feel it. <laughs> Ouch. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Oh, he loves me. <laughs> you remember that forever now. Yes, I will. <laughs> So since by this point when you were dating, you were already pretty certain you made it clear that you weren't going to date him unless you were going to get married. Yep. How quickly did that first I love you come? Like two weeks later. Yeah, it came in December. Um, we were at a Christmas party at a friend's house that I know. And so she invited she had a bunch of people over. And so I picked up Marisa and we had driven to the party together. <laughs> and... Um, it was after, so we had come in and We really only knew the host of the party. We didn't really know anyone else that was there. Um, so when we left, we were just sort of sitting in my car, still outside the apartment of the, the host, and we are just chatting. And and then Marisa just was chatting, and then I was just like, I love you. I have no just filter. Yeah, so I just, <laughs> sort of like things in my inside voice come out in, like in my outside voice. And so I was just like, I love you. And I was like, whoops. Oh, I'm like, oh, that wasn't supposed to come out. And Craig just sort of looked like a little bit like he was going to be sick. And then um, he was like, that's okay, because I love you too. And I was like, oh, that's cool. So, yeah. I mean, at that point, we already said that we were going to get married. So it seemed kind of, you know, it just seems kind of a next step. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then from that step, how long did you guys wait to have sex? We didn't have sex until we got married. So our wedding night. Yeah. yeah. And that's pretty rare nowadays. It yeah. Is, yes. Especially because we were 30. 30, 31, yeah. So what was the reasoning behind that? What was the thought process? Sure. So um, I guess in as a teenager, I sort of got involved in the church and religion was quite important to me. Um, and so I sort of had made a commitment to myself that I would wait till I was married before I had sex. Um, and so that just sort of led into it. So when Maurice and I were courting and talking, it was something I was quite open about. Um, in fact, that as we were, even before she started, I... When I moved to Edmonton, I got involved in a church here from some people that I had known from when I lived in Calgary. And Marisa started attending with me and uh, the group there. And it's just, it was, it was very important to me for just for many reasons um, around my spirituality. And I wanted to maintain that. And was it difficult? It's funny because I guess, because um, our wedding night was the first time I had ever had sex. So from that perspective, it wasn't really that difficult. But it was interesting is that through our relationship and our courtship, we just found, um, ways special to us to be close and intimate with one another. And that, I think, is what really helped us deepen our relationship, is that we didn't need the sex um, to be close. We found other ways of making that happen. Mm -hmm. I was just going to ask, did you find that not having sex actually helped your relationship get to a deeper sort of emotional level without focusing on the physical? 
Yeah. I mean, I remember one time I was over at Craig's and my friend had phoned and she's like, oh, what are you guys doing? And I said, oh, I'm just, we're just laying on the couch. And she's like, are you watching TV? I'm like, no. And she's like, well, what do you mean you're just laying on the couch? I'm like, I, we literally just sit here. We lay here and we look at each other like in our eyes and we... We used to talk a little bit about our day, and we still do this. We still do it, like, you know, before we go to bed. We talk about each other's day, and then we just sort of, like, connect. And it is it is definitely an intimacy that I've never experienced in my life um, before. And it really – like, I, I would say that it solidified kind of what who we were. Um, it's it, – it, I mean, it did give us some issues when we got married, though, because then we were all of a sudden introducing an, another layer of intimacy that I think we'd almost gotten comfortable with not having – so, I mean, it definitely was an, an interesting addition to our married life that wasn't by any means perfect. But it was good, too, because you didn't have that pressure, you know, when you're dating. Like, you really just had this, you know, really nice ease. Um, it was kind of funny because Craig would wear, like, about three pairs of pants to bed because I think he thought, like, maybe I might, <laughs> I don't know, take advantage of him in the middle I of the night. I think that's a bit of an <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no. <laughs> um, but, you know, I mean, it was it was interesting because, like, I mean, and even then it was it was interesting, too, because we did – I did sleep over um, fully clothed. But, I mean, it was it was nice. It was just nice to have that being able to not have any kind of expectation or, you know, like, you know, when when is the right time to do it. For us, it was marriage, and that was that was good. And so when it came time to marry, who proposed? I proposed. Tell me about that. <laughs> so um, – Early on in our courtship, I guess, Marisa had sort of indicated the type of engagement ring that she wanted. And it was one of those things that I tucked away in the back of my head. Um, and I I guess so I had bought this um, beautiful engagement ring for her. And I'd had her over to my house. And I'd had the ring probably on my possession for like a week every time we were out on a date or doing something together. And I was just trying to find that right opportunity to propose. I didn't build some grandiose plan for the proposal. Anyway, so she was over at my house. We had made dinner together I believe that night and yeah, and then sneak. we just went for a walk and you know we're out walking through the park and I was living in South Edmonton at the time and one of the during the walk she goes she reaches, looks over to me she's like you know you should really engage me um, and ha- we had this whole conversation about <laughs> just engaging her in life and reality and things and all that kind of stuff and it just kind of like froze me for a moment as we were walking and of course then I'm like oh beautiful God. night sky <laughs> yeah. around the park. Out in the park no one around <laughs> no. total opportunity and we just kept going and, and then we were back at my house and it was getting late and we were laying on the couch as she described just having a sort of an intimate moment and she was telling me about how she loves to dream about things and she's she was telling how she was actually running out of ideas of what to dream up in her life I'm like well I heard how about if I give you something new to, to plan and dream up and she's like okay and I'd at that point I'd had the ring I'd put it under the couch and so I grabbed it and pulled out why don't you dream about marrying me and then I was like are you like seriously asking me to marry you and Craig's like, yeah, that's generally what happens. I was like, get down on one knee, man. We don't, you don't just do this while we're laying together on a couch. Do this proper. And then the ring was like ginormous. So then I got down and I said, will you marry me? And she said, yes. And then the, put the ring on her hand. And it was like three sizes too big. <laughs> that was our story. That's our engagement story. So tell me your wedding story. What was the wedding like? So I think it was smallish. I don't think it was small. I think it was medium. Recent thinks it was huge. We had about 120 people at our wedding. We invited um, 350. Wow. But we knew they all wouldn't come. Knew that for sure. Um, our wedding was, you know, we got married in June. Our anniversary is actually tomorrow, June 6th. Happy early seven, anniversary. Seven years. Yeah, seven years tomorrow. And uh, it was uh, a beautiful snowy day in Edmonton on our yeah, wedding day. Yeah, the <laughs> 
And um, yeah, I mean, we got married in uh, the church and the community that we live in. We should probably back up and say that <clears throat> as a commitment phobe, um, I didn't want to plan a wedding. I had didn't have a dress. I didn't have. I didn't send out invitations. <laughs> my my friends at work were like, "Can I come to the wedding?" And I'm like, "Yeah, sure." And they're like, "We don't have an invitation yet." And I'm like, "Oh." Uh, and also, one of my coworkers was like, "You haven't even sent out your invitation. It's like three weeks before your wedding." I'm like, "Hmm." Mine had long been sent. Yes, <laughs> we booked the first you place. I'm the organized one of the couple. We booked the Polish <laughs> Hall because it was the first place that had openings, and we just took whatever date they had open. I did end up getting a dress. It was the first dress I tried on. It was it was kind of like a. I don't know. It was a basic wedding, but just because I was week before Craig was like, if you stand me up at this <laughs> wedding, I will never talk to you again. I was like, that's rude. Like we just bought a house together. <laughs> but I can see his fear. But it had all that we wanted. I mean, we wanted our close friends and family with yeah. us. We wanted good food, good music. And that's what we had. And it was really just a nice time to bring everyone together, have a little bit of a party, celebrate our love for one another. And that's what it was. Which is what it should be. Yeah. And good. what was your first dance song? We don't know. We don't remember. Craig was in charge of that. He didn't like any of the songs that I picked. But now we've, we've created a song for ourselves. And it's, it's from Moulin Rouge. Because <laughs> we think it's ridiculous. And we like to sing it to each other. Craig, Craig has like all these like things that he said when we first started dating. Things that he would, he would never do. He would never sing in front of me. And especially never sing in the car. And now road trips are like top of our lungs. <laughs> Yeah. And did you take Craig's name when you got married? I did. Not necessarily to like, it's mostly because I had a really awkward last name situation. <laughs> and so it was probably the only reason for me, like I, I always joked when I was younger, like the only reason for me to get married would be to have to figure out my name situation. I had like an assumed name from like uh, my mom's second marriage and there was always these issues getting my passport and any kind of identification. So it was actually wonderful changing my name. <laughs> she will always have to keep my name now. Yes. She can't go back to either of her others. It's so amazing. It's sort of been disassociated with her. <laughs> it's so amazing getting my passport now. I just, I just show them. I actually like got married in my birth name so that I have like this like clear documentation of how I got the name I got. So it's wonderful. <laughs> uh, what was the first thing you two bought together as a couple? First major purchase. Our first major probably would have been our house. Yeah, the house. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And yeah, how was the shopping experience? Did you find you were looking for similar things? We, we weren't, weren't even, even looking, looking for, for a house. house. Yeah. <laughs> we, um, at all. We, Because um, I'd owned a house already. I had this house in Terwilliger that I bought when I moved to Edmonton. And I was and living in my ex-boyfriend's basement. <laughs> So we, I just assumed that she would move into my house. And then it was about two months before the wedding. Um, this She loved... She always house sat for friends of ours in Grosvenor um, and looked after their dog whenever they went on vacation. And she loved the neighborhood. Um, and one day they, they phoned her and said, hey, the house next door to us, the lady who owns it, she's moving into a home, so it's going to be going up for sale. And they're looking for a private sale, and we know you love the neighborhood. And so Marisa calls me and says, we're buying a house. <laughs> So yeah. we went and looked at it and, and yeah, and then we thought we, it was an older house, which was different for me. I mean, my dad was a construction worker. He built homes. So we always lived in a brand new home my entire life. And so when she showed me this house that's 60 years old at first, I'm like, this is very different. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's been a really great house for us. We definitely, oh my goodness. It's definitely like, it's where love, it's where I would say like where love grows there. 
definitely is where our love has grown. Craig, what was your reaction when Marissa told you that she wanted to leave the security of her corporate job and start her own business? I was When she finally told me that she was leaving her job, <laughs> I was like, thank God, it's about bloody time. You should maybe ask, what was it like when, when Craig finally convinced me to leave the security of my corporate job? Because by the time she actually gave her notice that she was leaving her job, I'd probably been trying to convince her for two years to leave it and go out on her own. Um, from the moment I met Marisa, you know, and the struggles I saw with her at, at the company where we met, um, she really struggled with that structure of cubicle life and corporatization and meetings. And it, I really saw how it <laughs> drained her, right? And being an entrepreneur is in her blood and it's where she is most alive. And that's the side of her that one of those pieces that I love, that creativity and that outgoingness. And, I cannot be contained. Yeah. <laughs> And so it took a long time to convince her that that's where she needed to be and where she needed to focus. And so Craig supported you in your in your leaving your job. How has he supported you in your entrepreneurship since? Well, I mean, Craig is definitely the first person at the pop-ups who helps, like, you know, set up shop. I think from, you know, getting used to... I, I'm a very high achiever. I really have high expectations for myself. Craig's the one that is like, you know, if I haven't made a million dollars this month, Craig's talking me down from the, you know, really, is that realistic? Like, you know, all of the things that you've got going on. Um, he definitely is the, the person who can get through to me when no one else can. Um, you know, when I'm just like, no, I got to keep doing this, 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 and this. He's like, or oh, just come lay down on the bed with me and the cats. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, absolutely. That is my priority. <laughs> and kind of brings me back to that, which I think is still something that I'm definitely still working through is that still that work-life balance. Um, and Craig provides that. Craig's Craig is more than willing to come lay on the bed with me and, and bring in the cats. And the cats are always excited for nap time. So, um, you know, just kind of bringing me back to that center and that space where I need to recharge. Craig, what is your favorite memory of Marissa? Oh, goodness. It's so hard to choose just one. I mean, I, I remember standing at the front of the altar when she came, when she finally came out of the back room at the church on the day of our wedding. Um, I love the memory of, you know, as weird as it is, but one of the ones that does stand out is, is my dad's funeral. And it comes back to our ability to laugh with one another. And it's, you know, we're sitting at the funeral, we're at the front. Maurice and I were just kind of having a side conversation a little bit. And she said something, and I, I, I... You made that weird noise. I gasped out loud. <laughs> and it was, like, it, it was part of a laugh, but then I tried to stifle it because I'm at my dad's funeral and I shouldn't be laughing. And, of course, everyone in the place just thought I was We lost it, weeping. though. We were, like, holding on to each other and laughing into each other so much. And then we finally, like, were able to calm ourselves down. But you know when you get laughing and you can't stop laughing? Yeah. That was us. And that sounds out as one of our great memories just because it is it's that through anything and through life, it's we are together supporting one another and laughter through life has been one of our great models that moves us forward is that it doesn't matter what's coming at us or how difficult things look is that, you know, there's always something good, something we can laugh about and we can move forward. So you guys are pretty open with each other. I don't think we have any secrets. Oh. Yeah. She's seen me at my best, seen me at my worst and everything in between. He knows the password to my email. So the big question of the day, do you fart in front of each other? That yes. was like, yeah, and that was that was a, a tense decision because um, I have like intestinal issues, and when we first started dating, I didn't really want to tell him that certain foods cause me issues. Well, I don't know, you just don't want to say anything when you're first starting out, but but yeah, definitely now it's a it's a no holds barred, <laughs> let it out, out, no sense being uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> so Marissa, what was it about Craig that made it clear to you that he was the one? 
Oh, that's a good question. I think I think it was his ability to to really laugh with me. Um, he when I first met him, Craig was very like cor- we call it corporate Craig. Um, he was just very suit tie very prim and proper. When he started laughing, I, re- I remember, <laughs> I actually remember like one of the best times we were playing this game and he said something like, was it cheater to your pants on fire? And I was like, that's not, that's not it. It's, it's like cheater to your pumpkin eater or liar, liar, pants on fire. And he just was like, no. And he was, he, he was trying to hold back his laughter. And I was like, really cheater to your pants on fire. You're going to go with this one. This is, this is the one you're going to die on. And he just started laughing. And we were like underneath the table, like rolling around laughing. And I was like, this is it. This is the person who is going to, you know, be able to just laugh about, you know, saying ridiculous things. What was it about Marissa that made it clear to you that she was the one? It's funny because, you know, one of the, the first memories I have of Marisa was when I was still living in Grand Prairie and I, I was in this meeting. And my first thoughts of her was that this is this is one stuck-up snobby bitch. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, as we got to know each other, um, I realized that that's just, that's just her, her front that she puts up to protect herself. And, and through, through our relationship and our courtship, what it really came down to is, um, you know, her crazy brings out the best in my crazy. Thanks for listening to this episode of The One. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher Radio because there are many more love stories to be told. If you know of a love story that you think I should showcase on The One, have them drop me a line at lovestorypodcast at gmail.com or send me a message yourself and we can work together to keep a little love in the air. I'd like to thank Jacek Chocolate Couture for spreading joy in the form of chocolates for my guests today. Head over to their Sherwood Park or downtown Edmonton locations and try some of their tasty concoctions for yourself. The music for The One is I Love You Oddly by Rebecca Angel. You can hear more from Rebecca on iTunes or at ReverbNation.com backslash Rebecca Angel. Until next time, here's a quote from Oscar Wilde. You don't love someone for their looks, their clothes or their fancy car, but because they sing a song that only you can hear. And if there's one thing you learn by now